Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I have one lovely co-pilot here with me today. Who are you? Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail is here, and this is episode number 101 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. It is March the 30th, 2020. We're glad you're here with us today, and, and seriously, hope you're all doing well and um, staying healthy and finding ways to pass the time in a, in a positive, productive way. Yeah. And, you know, enjoying some of those uh, Disney movies right now. Yeah. Disney Plus. Get on there. Stream your favorite animated classics or maybe just rewatch The Mandalorian a few more times. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special show for you today. We finally got to connect with some very good friends of ours over that magical Monday morning monorail video hotline. And considering that right now we can't really get together in person with friends, we are totally embracing the idea of virtual hangouts. Yeah. So we decided to do that with Jeremy and Rhonda from Main Street Magic. Now, you may have previously heard them on the podcast because I did a little guerrilla radio from the Festival of the Arts where I had the digital recorder and we got Jeremy and Rhonda's opinion on some of the foods at Festival of the Arts. You know, we've hung out with them in the past. We have always have a good time talking to them. And it was only a matter of time before we actually had them on an official show. And I'm, I'm so glad we did that today. I'm looking forward to you hearing this conversation and hopefully... You will check out their podcast, Main Street Magic, and all of the great stuff that Jeremy has going on on Capture the Magic Network. Yeah, they do a lot. A lot. They got a lot going on, and it's all really good stuff. And they're fun and good people. Yeah, absolutely. They check all the boxes. Yes. One thing I wanted to tell you guys about, two things actually. Number one, I know that right now we're all kind of in this wait and see mode in terms of when the parks are going to open back up, mm -hmm. but whenever they do... And you start thinking about planning that Disney vacation, I need you to reach out to our good friend, Nick Salcedo. Yes. Capture the Magic Vacations. Nick can help you plan that trip when we're finally able to go back, and he's going to do that at no cost to you. Listen, these are stressful times. Why add to the stress that you already have in your life and let Nick take some of that responsibility off your plate? Yeah, and he knows how to get good fast passes, how to get good reservations. He can get things cheaper, um, work deals out. I mean, come on. And he's doing it all for free. All for free, no cost to you. And he gives out his cell phone number. He will give you his cell phone number. And you can call him and just be like, Nick, what's up, man? Tell me what's going on. When is Disney going to open? And he'll have the answers. 
I don't think he'll oh. have that answer. <laughs> Nobody has that answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he won't, but he will be able to give you the latest information and he can help you get locked in as soon as those reservations and the parks are open back up. Yeah. So make sure to reach out to Nick. Yeah. Again, that's Nick Salcedo, Capture the Magic Vacations. Check him out. He's on Twitter at TTA underscore team underscore lead. And we have links to all of his important information on our website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. The other thing I'm going to ask you to do is join us tomorrow night, Tuesday. It's live show numero dos. It's so fun, too. And you guys can interact with us. Yeah. We want you to call in. We want you to be part of it. Uh, Our good friends, Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz on the Improviser's Guide Network are our co-host on that show. And if you listen to the first episode, you may know we're ser- we're searching, we're actively searching for a name for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're saying it weird. I know, I am say- saying what weird. <laughs> saying what what way. Why are you saying it that way? <laughs> uh, by the time you hear this, the poll will be closed. But we did put out a poll on Twitter. We, get, we got a lot of votes so far. And actually, in the lead is the most magical hour. Wow. So you may be tomorrow night listening to the Parks and Monorails Most Magical Hour Live Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. And guess what? Tomorrow there's going to be a video element. So check us out on the YouTubes. For now, let's get to this interview with Rhonda and Jeremy. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again very soon. It is now time to welcome in our very special guest to the monorail. Joining us via the, I don't know what I always call it, the magical monorail video hotline. Or this is the first official time they're joining the show. I actually like shoved a a digital recorder in their face when we ran into them at Festival of the Arts. Yeah, while they were trying to eat. (laughs) (laughs) But officially for the first time, our friends, Jeremy and Rhonda from Main Street Magic, welcome to the program. Hey guys, thanks. Thank you for having us on. We're so excited to uh, join you. I wish we actually were joining you on a monorail. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, virtually now. um, We live in a a kind of an odd world, but we felt like what an apropos podcast this is for the time because we're just going to do this virtual hangout and have a chat with our friends about Disney. And that's what people should be doing right now. Virtual hangouts, social distancing people. Yes, <laughs> we've we've done it. We did a couple yesterday. We had like a Friday night. We had a happy hour yeah. with all our friends in the neighborhood. Nice. And then uh, last night we we talked to our our good friends in the uh, United Kingdom. And oh, then okay. after that we played House Party, um, which is pretty cool. If you haven't checked that out yet, I don't check know out the House is. Party app. House you can Party. play virtual games with friends via video and all. And okay. so we played something. It was kind of like uh, Apples to Apples was the game we played. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it's really really cool. House Party. Check it out. Okay. That sounds fun. We will. So we actually did a virtual hangout last night too. Yeah, because we hadn't seen our friends in a while, and we played a game that was called Evil Apples. Yeah, it's 
Interesting. Oh, that's cool. Basically, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. But it's cool because I guess there are a few apps that are like that, and this one allows you to host a game, and then you just send your your friends the code to it. So, yeah, write that down. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, too. It was fun, yeah. And it's free, so, so I think people are getting kind of creative with the way that they're spending their evenings right now. But it's nice that... Just imagine if we didn't have this technology right now, like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know, I know you guys are newer, you know, to the Florida area, but us being up in Northeast Florida, so far this has felt much like the befores and afters of a uh, potential hurricane, mm. and, and the way that that people are treating things and kind of staying home. And but then I said, ironic, usually for those, you end up without power yeah. or internet. True. And so I can't imagine right now if we didn't have the technologies that we have while we're all being asked to stay at home. I mean, it would be. I don't know how anybody ever lived without the internet. I, guess. <laughs> I know <laughs> we think about that kind of stuff all the time when we're sitting around in the evenings, all of us, our phones in our hands with the TV on, you know, Garrett's on the computer and we're just like, what would happen? Like we would all fall apart at this point. Yeah. If, no kidding. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure all of us are at the age where we remember not having yeah. internet in our homes. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, we're one of the few generations mm-hmm. that I feel like gets to a compass all of it yeah from literally having nothing to having some of the greatest technologies around you know whereas yeah our kids have just were born with it and then our parents i know like my parents are on the end of it Mm -hmm. but they don't use it all to the way that we're able to use it and will continue to use it Mm so um that is that part is interesting yeah that's really neat (laughs) yeah it gives us a different kind of perspective but i do feel like i'm like bumping up now against the age where i'm starting to get frustrated with newer technology and i'm like garrett come help me with this i don't know what's happening yeah. oh yeah that's me and trying to use uh snapchat yeah i just in tiktok i, TikTok. I downloaded tiktok i opened it up yeah and i was like i got to see what this is about and is this something that we could potentially use mm-hmm. you know as as a social media platform for the podcast and everything we do and i opened it up five minutes later i was like nope nope i'm done delete (laughs) i don't understand it so thanks so much for joining us today guys like i said we have been friends for a while on the social medias we've definitely been following along with your podcast and jeremy i know you've got uh diz dudes is another one that you do and you've got this whole capture the magic network um that is going on and it's it's a whole lot that you're involved in. It's and I look at it and I'm like, I don't know how he has the time, but amazing. And I wish I, you know, I wish I could uh, spend a little more time doing the stuff that we do. Um, but we really enjoy the shows that you guys create, and we definitely have, um, you know, a lot of respect. And and uh, I would say we hold you guys as an example of really good programming that we, you know, a standard that we try to achieve. So, so thank you. Yeah. That is, that is- yeah, that means a lot coming from coming from you guys. Well, absolutely, we mean it. I mean, so it's so it's exciting to finally be able to to sit down and chat with you. And and really, one of the things I wanted to kind of start with was let's talk a little bit about your Disney origin story. So, where does the passion that you guys have for Disney where does that come from? Do you want to? I'll have Rhonda start because Rhonda is a Florida native, has lived in Florida her whole life, whereas okay. I haven't. So I'll let her start and tell a little bit of her Disney story. Sure. I would say. Um, well, I don't feel like I have a huge one. I have was born in Tampa and my dad's job moved just to, um, Jacksonville and I was like not even double digits. So I know I went to Disney, like I've seen pictures of my parents there and I was there and I remember going, I just don't remember if we went all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
um, yeah, I just, but I've always loved it, period. Um, so, yeah, I've lived here, Florida, my entire life. And um, we just started going more when we were married. And, Once we had the kids. And, well, before, because yeah, I, again, I'm a big kid at heart and I <laughs> love to go. And then, yeah, of course, when we have the kids, for sure. Um, but I've always been a Disney lover. So, so you, yeah, you still don't your parents have like all the clamshell white VHS oh, nice. tapes of like all the Disney movies? I do believe so. They yeah. have a, quite a good Disney collection of VHS. Yes, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Said. Which is funny. To I want them. They need to be say. on my shelves back here. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm sure they'd give um, them to you. Yeah, I mean, I grew I grew up in Maryland and, and lived in Maryland till 2005 when I moved here. Um, so I lived there for 25 years, and we went for the first time in 1986. Um, I don't remember the trip. But I, we have video and, and photos, and I remember those, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, be, like I, apparently I went to River Country. Oh, wow. And I just got some video. I'll have to share it with you guys. I just got some video from um, friends that we went with. He had it converted from old VHS tapes to digital and sent it to me. I had no idea I'd ever been to River Country. Um, but the first time we went was 86. We went with really good family friends of ours. And I had an amazing time, I know. And then... Um, Didn't you stay at sad, Dixie Landing? Uh, no, we did not stay at Dixie, Dixie Landing for that one, I don't think. But we, we went for like a week. We did a lot of Epcot, Magic Kingdom. We were the two, of course, we were doing at that time. Um, and about a year later, um, the father passed away from cancer. Mm. Mm. So that trip was huge for yeah. everybody involved. It was one of my dad's best friends. And then I want to say we probably went another two, three times as a family. We would drive all the way from Maryland. Uh, we did stay at Dixie Landing before it turned into Riverside. Again, I didn't know until my dad you know, pulled out pictures. And then surprisingly enough, for our spring break, my senior year in high school, when everybody was going to beaches and, and getting drunk and doing crazy stuff, a group of about maybe a dozen of us went to Disney World for the week for our spring break. That's awesome. awesome. And so we stayed. Uh, one of my best friends, Matt, like helped plan the whole thing, got everything together, contacted a travel agent. His his parents were always big Disney nuts, um, had like a Mickey, uh, Minnie Mouse bathroom in their house and all. <laughs> yeah. and so we stayed at Caribbean Beach and went for a week. It was a guy's girl's trip. It was mostly couples. And just remember having the greatest time ever riding, you know, Tower of Terror repeatedly and all yeah. a bunch of teenagers. But I never like I loved being at Disney, but I didn't love Disney. Like I didn't, I didn't live Disney outside of Disney until mm -hmm. yeah, moved here and we went, um, for the kids, we started going with the kids. And then when we were just going often enough, it's like four years ago, we became pass holders. And since we became pass holders four years ago, we have visited every single month consecutively. Amazing. Only one of those months we didn't stay on property. We did a day trip. Yeah. Um, so I think that streak is, is probably up in April, yeah. but I'm going to put a little asterisk at the bottom and, and say that it counts if they're yeah. not open the month of April. But it just, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm kind of a big kid at heart too. And um, I, I don't, I'm not big on like going overseas or going traveling the world. Like I'm okay traveling world showcase, right? Like <laughs> it's just my happy place. And there's not a lot of places I think that we can go and feel like we're at home when we're on vacation. And and that's just Disney to us. I mean, we, you know, a lot of people say I'm going home or I'm going to my second home. And we yeah. really believe that. I mean, it feels like home to us. And it's just, it's the one place I think we want to be outside of our own home. Mm -hmm. 
or most of the time more so than our own fault. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. be at Disney than here right now, I can tell you that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, you, there's people I think that like Disney. I think there's people that just don't like Disney. And then I think there's people like all of us here that just love it. I mean, it's a lifestyle Yeah, when you get to that point. So right. it, it I'm okay is. living it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think that we all kind of share that like big kid inside of us. I think that's one of the things that kind of brings us all together because we can kind of drop this guise of I am an adult and I have to do everything serious. Like we can yeah. kind of just relax and have fun and, and enjoy like just hanging out and being silly for a while and going and meeting some characters and, and just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, what you mentioned about it feeling like second home, it's something that like that I think is another one of the things that ties so many people to the Walt Disney World Resort or Disneyland or wherever their home park is. Because when you have these memories like all through your childhood, and this is something where Sam and I have a bit of a difference, but now like she's making the memories now. She didn't get to go a lot when she was a kid. But when we talk about nostalgia for the things that are like changing and and being so like upset or curmudgeon about like things going away or things getting refurbished, a lot of it, I think, comes down to the fact that we consider this like a second home. This is the way this place was. And we want it to be like it was when we were kids, because it's like we're walking in our childhood memories, you know? And totally. I mean, yeah, if somebody somebody walked into your office, your studio right now and said, hey, we're going to change that entire back shelf. Yeah. You'd be like, wait. No, I don't yeah. want it to change. This right. is my shelf. So it could I be even better, but this is my shelf. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's I don't know. And it's a it's a place I think of I know for, for me personally, I don't know if Rhonda feels the same. It's like it's just like a safe haven in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, um yeah. I used to travel a lot with my brother and, and every time we went to a, a new big city, for someone like me, I get very anxious. Mm. I, I don't like being places I'm not familiar with. I don't like being places I don't know. Um, you know, I, I last lived in Baltimore City. And if you don't know Baltimore City and where you should and shouldn't walk, you're in trouble. Mm. You know, and, and I don't like going to places that I think I could be in trouble or I just don't know yeah, them. I don't yeah. know where to get the best taco or where to go get breakfast. I want to know those things. And at Disney, I've never been at Disney at any point that I didn't feel comfortable or safe or, again, just like you were the same way you would at home. And, I, yeah. you know, for someone like me and I know for our, our youngest daughter, Lacey, uh, she has some anxieties and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just somewhere she knows she can go and be familiar with. And it's, she's not going to feel uncomfortable or anxious or, or scared of anything. It's just it's Disney. Yeah. You know? Disney so magic. I think that's a big part of it, too. Yeah. So I have a All question magic. then. Um, this is something new that I'm learning about you. But th- how do you guys feel about when things change at the parks? You know, I'm, I kind of, I'm just in the middle, I think. You know, because I... I like change because we go so often. So so I do like having new things to do, even though the old stuff, it's not like it ends up boring me. Right. But I, yeah, I, I'm just in the middle. I'm not somebody who's going to be up in arms if they tear out Figment, but I'm also not going to, you know, want to hold on to that ride. Like I just, I'm kind of in the middle and I just trust that Disney's going to continue to do things that we're going to enjoy. And, you know, I mean, if right now, you, when you told me years ago, I loved Hollywood Studios. I loved, you know, the, the backlot tour. I loved mm. the stunt show, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground, the streets of America. I loved all that. I didn't want it nice. to go away. But now we have Rise of the Resistance and Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm all right with it now. Yeah. You know, you, you guys did good. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of just in the middle. I don't know. 
Yeah, we, we struggle sometimes, but it just kind of depends. Like Sam, Sam always says, like, if they were to take out Twilight Zone from Tower of Terror, that might be something that she had, like, a real problem with. But she tends to, <laughs> to, to, to like, roll with most of it. Yeah. Um, when you just mentioned Figment, though, that's one of my, like, that's a touchy subject. Like, if, if <laughs> for me, if Figment was gone... Like, I would have a real issue with that. Now, I get when people say, this ride right now is not very good. I agree with that. Yeah. But I think it's just because they have totally misfired on what they should be doing with that property. But, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, the only park that... The only park I do hold on to some, I would say, is Magic Kingdom. Mm. Because it is quintessential Disney. And if you think of Disney World, you're going to think of Magic Kingdom. You're going to think of the castle. As much as I don't care for Small World, you're going to think of Small World. You know, and those are the things I don't want to change. Like, if yeah. they never touched Magic Kingdom again, I would be totally okay with that. Um, but the other three parks, I don't know. They kind of have at it, in a sense. Well, I'm with Justin on the figment. figment? <laughs> it's not that I don't I, I don't love him, love him, but there's just, I remember a story of when I was really young. I do remember this going to Disney with my parents, and they bought me a figment. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to make the boat. And we were running and his little head was sticking right here in his big old body outside. (laughs) And I was running and I was so afraid I was going to drop him. (laughs) And I didn't, but I just remember that. And I was, I love that figment for so long. Were you like 23, 24? I was really young. I don't remember how old I was. I'd have to ask my parents. But, um, but yeah. And so like, I'm like that. I, I would just, I would be sad if he was gone. Yeah. Like I don't love the ride either, but it's that memory that I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, but then, but so Justin, did you like? Is it that you want to always have a ride in place, or would you be okay if the ride disappeared, but he didn't disappear and he was still kind of, you know, the face of of Festival of the Arts and, and things like that? Or you still want a physical presence? I would love to still have a physical presence, but I want it to be because I feel like this particular pavilion, the Imagination Pavilion, is perfect for the kinds of new technologies that they're using now with like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway with Rise of the Resistance like bring those sorts of technologies to imagination because that's what it's all about and that's what we're trying to do with that ride is start to spark those ideas of what could be done and what are the next steps right and I love that whole idea but I do like if for some reason because I really do feel like it's in danger um, if for some reason it were to go away in my opinion, I've said it before, Figment is the mascot of Epcot. And yeah, and so they've got to keep that incorporated somehow. And like, even if it was just the festivals, I don't know, I guess it would almost be like how the kitchen cabaret characters show up at like, you know, at some of the festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would feel almost like a, like, it would be okay. It'd be like token usage. I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather see. But it'd almost be like shoving it in your face a little too, I guess. Yeah. You know? kind of like yeah you just get a little bit of them but you don't get all of it yeah you so get them on some t-shirts and, and merch that's it yeah pretty much knowing i would buy it right, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah and buy it all up for sure yeah it'd be tough to take i mean i would be sad if the figment ride went away I, like and they didn't put something back there that's figment but i also yeah. didn't know who figment was until I went to Disney with Justin and the family for the first time in like 2014. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I didn't even, I had never been to Epcot before that. So I really didn't even know who he was. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. And that's what I think some of those, there is a lot of the nostalgia. And again, as you said earlier, Justin, it's just, it's, you feel like it's part of you. Like you have this ownership over it and how dare they mess with it. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's even, I know Walt said, you know, the, the parks are not a museum. I they know. They will be oh, forever changing. Trust so, me, those words are getting thrown in our face constantly at Epcot right now. So I get it. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it's funny when I think about the magic kingdom, I was just kind of, I, I, I think I just really had this realization while we were talking about it. As I was growing up in my formative years, I feel like a lot of change happened at magic kingdom, especially in like Fantasyland and, mm-hmm. you know, Mickey's Toontown and, and even Tomorrowland and, and the sky buckets. And like, there was lots of change in magic kingdom. And for some reason, it's almost a little easier for me to take things happening in magic kingdom because that's just what I remember. Like, yeah, Every time I went, there was something different. Like, oh, they took Mission to Mars out, and now it's, you know, Alien Encounter. You know, Timekeeper's gone. And, you know, so those sorts of things. I mean, there are certainly things that I would... I would absolutely put my foot down and say... I I mean, I wouldn't go protest like they did Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. But, (laughs) um, like... I don't know if suddenly they were like, we're going to totally redo Haunted Mansion. Like, gut it and redo it. Like, I would have a real issue with that. Yes. So, yeah. and, and I see for me, like, I love what Magic Kingdom used to be on paper because I don't remember it. Mm. Like, I, I don't remember what Tomorrowland used to be like when they had, you know, every all those different things there and what the Delta in flight, yeah. you know, and things like Dream that in the sky yeah. buckets. I think I experienced them. I'd have to go back and look at the timeline, but I don't remember them. Like, my first real Disney memories that are ingrained in my brain are the ones that I started with her. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones growing up because I don't think it was as big of a deal. Like we would go to Myrtle Beach every single summer for our summer vacation. The week we got out of school, we met my mom's whole family there. I can remember specific moments of our Myrtle Beach vacations, but I don't remember them of Disney <laughs> because I don't yeah. think I was so like ingrained in it. Yeah. I just knew yeah. I was a kid who went to Disney and you're going to have fun. Yeah. But now the memories that I started with her, I mean, I ask her, I have... I can pinpoint the weirdest, <laughs> most specific stories of all time about our trips to Disney. And, and I can just bring up like, oh, yeah, remember that time we were here? And then that guy said this and we bought that. And then we walked over and did this. And she's like, how do you remember that specifically? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because I can go to the store and forget what I went there for. But those types of things, because we just, you know, we live and breathe it every day. I mean, it's, it's, it's neat to have a fantasy land in your head, but then you can actually go visit it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's all the stuff that you would in your, in your brain, you would sit there and go as like, as a kid, I'm going to imagine that I'm fighting against, you know, the first order and, and then all of a sudden you can do it. Yeah. Like it's, it's nuts. And it you is. can do it to a level that is probably as good or better than what your imagination even comes up with at this point. Yeah. So I just love that part. It's wild. That, that ride continues to blow my mind. Rise yeah. of the Resistance is just, it, it really is like setting the bar for theme park experiences in my mind. And um, I know I know we had some debate after we rode Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because some opinions said maybe that was better than Rise of the Resistance. Um, yeah, I'm we, have, struggling. we have a friend who states that. We have yeah. a friend that says that. Yep. <laughs> I'm struggling to like decide which one I enjoy more. Yeah. And yeah. I'm leaning more toward the Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. <laughs> so it's amazing. It really is. It's, 
It is. And what I think is interesting about it is I, I kept, I mean, we were at, we were at rise opening day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we were, we were probably in the what boarding group where were we that day? I don't remember, but 20. we wrote it by lunchtime on opening day and we were there at 4am and all that good stuff. And, um, we, while I had not looked at spoilers from media events, I knew that this ride was just going to blow our minds. Like mm-hmm. we knew it. I didn't know that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was going to blow my mind. Mm, It ended up being something completely different than what I thought it was going to be. And I think that's what makes it even a better ride than it already is, is there's surprises around every corner. Like, we haven't taken the girls on it yet. We can't wait till we can eventually Mm -hmm. take them. And I just was like, I'm not telling you anything about it. They're like, what, does it move fast? Does it move slow? I'm like, not not saying a word. Just you want to be surprised at it. Um, And what I think both of those rides do is there so much rewritability? Yes, there's so much going on. So much to see every single time. I mean, we rode we rode Mickey and Minnie's three times on opening day, mm-hmm. and every single time you're like just looking around, mm-hmm. like whoa, where? I, when did that get there? When did yeah. that? And same thing with Rise. I mean, we've ridden that a handful of times now, and every time you just like pointing something new out, and, and that's what's changing theme parks. I mean, mm-hmm. we love the classics. We you know, but a lot of them you ride again and again, and you're like, all right. I love this, but I know it all. I've yeah. seen everything. I mean, there's still times recently we've ridden Haunted Mansion, and I've been like, did you ever notice that? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, that's really cool. Maybe so, they changed it. Maybe, maybe they did. Get, I don't know. They could. They sneak it. Yeah, they sneak some things in there sometimes. Yeah. Like, sometimes they just open the maintenance door, and you get a look in there oh, as you go. <laughs> see all that? Boy, that was weird to see. <laughs> I don't weird. know if you saw those videos. The whole maintenance doors, like, opened in the middle of the ride, and you could just see into, like... It was yeah, like a garage-looking thing. Somebody in garage. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> That would yeah. take a little bit of the magic out. It would. Yeah, it's funny because when, I think when Flight of Passage opened, people were talking about this is like the next step for theme parks. This is where immersion's going. Um, I, I mean, you know, d- people have different feelings about Avatar, but I think the land it, is successful in what it tries to do in telling the story. And Flight of Passage is an amazing ride. I got concerned because I was like, I just don't want rides to be just 3D and motion. Like, like that's not what I want. And, you know, I've got people talk. They're like, yeah, but look, this is how this is. People save money in developing rides like this. There's less risk insurance wise and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but so I'm so excited that some of the newest stuff, it's taking elements of like what you got in Flight of Passage, but it's taking it to a next level with trackless, you know, and you've still got animatronics and you've got like it's it real storytelling all around you you know yeah. mm-hmm. which is really what disney does best so yeah and, and one of the things that we kept trying to explain when rise first opened and we wrote it was they are taking you're going from a ride and you're turning it into an experience hmm. and that's like for me that's the best way to experience rise like is it a good ride i'm like it's not even a ride yeah it is it. a full experience and i'm with you i mean i, I love flight of passage i, I do love still star tours i i like what they can accomplish with 3d mm-hmm. but i'm so glad that the two latest rides to open at disney don't use 3d yes mm-hmm. and they're not I, i'm okay with screens but now they're incorporating them into a screen with actual set pieces yep. you know with yeah everything you said it's telling this story going through i mean we went surprisingly enough for my 40th birthday we went to universal wow. um that got a buddy park. that works for comcast and so we got some really good deals <laughs> and some free tickets that he's comped each year. And he flew down from Philadelphia. Um, and my best friends that live in the neighborhood now that I grew up with, they moved down from Florida. We all went. And there's some amazing 
rides at Universal, but boy, are so many of them dependent on screens in 3D. Yeah. And while I think they can do a really good job of immersing you, I just, I don't like when they're dependent on it. Yeah. You know, like while Flight of Passage is a screen and it's 3D, the ride isn't dependent on it because they have an incredible ride system. Mm-hmm. And you've got a banshee, you know, breathing between yeah. your legs as you're yeah. sitting on them. And you've got smells. And so as opposed to just shoving you in front of a screen and just saying, here, watch this with glasses and you'll be transformed into another world. They're doing everything else around it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where, you know, Disney's changed. I mean, Universal rides were great. We lo- enjoyed a lot of them. But I missed out on the storytelling. Like stuff like Hulk. I mean, Hulk is the best coaster in Orlando that I've ridden by ride alone. But by story, Everest blows it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when when like when you're on Hulk and you go up a certain area and you can look over and see like, you know, team member parking and a guy taking trash out to the dumpster. <laughs> you're like, all right, well, you just broke my story. Yeah. Where am yeah. I now? Like, why am I on this ride? So mm-hmm. I think stories is probably the most important part of any of the rides. And I mean, nobody does that like Disney. Right. That's true. Yeah, and those screens aren't really good for people who get motion sickness easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I I feel miserable after a little while at Universal because yes. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. me too, Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. But you you did good this last time because you got the you had, had the patch, the whatever patch. the patch was. Mm-hmm. So she'll this get the motion sickness patch, patch and put it on put behind your ear. I'm gonna have to get that. You're gonna, yeah. Mm. Cause it was, it saved, it saved me. Cause the it first ride I went on, I could tell it was working. Cause I would have been done for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely done. So first ride we do, and we neither one of us had ever been to the studio side, right? Only Islands of Adventure. You'd only done Islands of Adventure in the past as well. No, I've been to studio. Oh, you have. Oh, well, the first ride we decided to get there. Long time. Ago. She had just turned forty. I'm turning forty. Was Rip Ride Rocket? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I remember just walking up to it, and I was like, uh. I don't really get like scared of coasters, but this one is, it looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And she got off of it and was like, this patch is going to save the entire day. Cause nice. we did almost every single ride. We were staying at Portofino. Mm-hmm. So we had express pass, which is a must if you're going to oh, universal, yeah. I feel like. And so we were able to go through every ride and it wasn't crazy busy. It was a Friday and school had just started for most people, but yeah, we rode everything and there's no way she'd have made it halfway through the day if she didn't have that patch yeah i gotta get one of those if that's yeah, really how it. it is because after about two to three rides i'm like okay <laughs> i need a sprite and i need to go sit somewhere yes. Yep. i think what makes me feel so passionate about disney is i'm such a foodie and yeah. no one makes food like disney does yeah. you know it's yeah. just i'm i'm like shocked that i can go there and get an amazing dinner and I mean like going to Spice Road Table that's so awesome it's so delicious and so good and I literally am at Epcot eating there you know that's just crazy yeah we finally ate there uh, back in December we had never eaten at Spice Road Table and we did the dining package for Neil Patrick Harris processional Oh, and that's where we ate with Spice Road Table and we were blown away yeah Yeah, I mean it was like I, the only thing I hated is that because we were on a dining package, we were forced to do appetizer, uh, entree, and dessert. I want to go there and just order every single just appetizer yeah. and just sit at a table with friends and just share them all yeah. um, because I was so blown away. And we had a nice view of the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my suit and she was in her dress because we do that every year for Neil Patrick Harris. 
you got to suit up if you're seeing the man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it was cool, though, but that place is impressive. Yeah. Sam, yeah. what's your favorite food? What's your favorite to go and eat? Oh, my gosh. We're, so right now, it's actually pretty weird because I'm not a huge barbecue person, but I'm stuck on Diamond Horseshoe <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom. Really? Nice. It's so freaking good. Like, yeah. I want to go back really bad and I, eat. I think what happened is you're, you didn't expect much no. from that meal, and it ended up being really, really good. Yeah. Like, we compared it to, if you've ever done the, the skillets that you share at Whispering Canyon, it's no, kind of a similar experience, yeah. but it's really, really good. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm shocked, and it was reasonably priced for Disney, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, of course, I love, like, La Cellier yeah. and... Oh. Um, you know, Spice Road Table is awesome because I had the lamb there and I was like, oh my gosh, that lamb yeah. is That's fantastic. what she had. That was amazing. Uh, Unbelievable. So and we took some back to the room and at like 1030 at night, we were just eating cold lamb. And it was yeah. still and it was, so it was, good. It was incredible. That sounds yeah. awesome. And they had great baklava afterwards, mm. you know. So. Yes. Yep. Um, I just, I don't know, but man, I can't even tell people like how much I enjoyed the diamond horseshoe it, it's the meat was tender the barbecue was really good i don't know yeah if you guys haven't been there since they like changed it we've over never you've never, yeah, never you, you never should been. you should give it a try and we'll go with you because obviously we're fans oh, that sounds fair that <laughs> yeah. sounds fair yeah i like that now i agree with you on the food i mean i i love food i love cooking um the the festivals you know i mean all the festivals getting to try just different things from all kinds of culture like growing up with my parents who are very plain you know i could tell you every night of the week what we were having mm. you know and there was pizza one night there was hot dogs and craft mac and cheese one night there was uh, store-bought chicken fajitas one night like uh, every sunday we had steak every other sunday my dad would get steamed shrimp to go with it <laughs> oh. for 18 years wow. basically oh. And so I, I never had Chinese food till I got to college. I never had mm. chicken wings till I got to college. And so I think that's what like propelled me into loving food and trying things. Interesting. And that's what I love about Disney, especially during the festivals. I mean, when you can go and say, you know what? I've never eaten Moroccan food. Maybe mm. I can get a small taste of it and see if I like it. And then if I do, I'll go to Spice Road Table or yeah. uh, Marrakesh or something like that. And that's what I love. And I, she claims she's not a foodie, but she so is. Yeah, she, she she loves food and she loves trying all the different things. And don't you think? I mean, you. I, I I guess, but I I don't feel like you can give me a hot dog, and then I mean, are you are you going to try and say that like you could have a hot dog or you could have like a steak, and in your mind they're just the same? I mean, not the same. That's the direction you're heading. <laughs> no, that but, is not true. Like you could give me a regular hot dog from Heinz, and then you could give me Casey's Corner hot dog, and I'm sure I'd be like, oh yeah, they're fine. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, untrue. I think it's untrue. I don't okay. think you realize it. Okay. I think I think the the word foodie to a lot of people thinks that that means you have to know food, mm. but I feel like it just means you can like food. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that to me. You can just eat something and go, this is delicious. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has to be, oh, this was, you know, this was made a certain but way or a certain you, style. Or going out with you, oh my gosh, we'd go to a restaurant and he'd be so like, oh, well, this is. Yeah, she and like it was that. so <laughs> frustrating because I think it'd be good and he'd be crit critiquing and criticizing <laughs> and being like, this is not <laughs> good. I'm like, Here, here's my thing oh, with that though, okay. is that I watch 
I watch a ton of Food Network. Yeah. And I cook a lot at home and making good food is not hard. Right. So I feel like when somebody doesn't do sometimes simple things to make a meal better, like to me, that's just unacceptable. And I hate, I hate when people will say, like, especially about Disney, they might have a meal that they don't love and they're like, well, it's at a theme park. That's not an excuse to not make outstanding food, you know, or they'll say, you know, it's overpriced and all. I'm like, okay, it's a theme park. It's Disney. Of course, it's going to be priced higher, but that doesn't give them an excuse to not live up to the price as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you're paying $50 for a steak at Disney and maybe somewhere else you could get it for 30, both of those should taste like $50 steaks. Right. You know, like, so yeah. I think that's kind of my thing, but it does frustrate her because she'll sit down and be like, this is delicious. And I'll be like, well, no, they could have done <laughs> That's <this."> why <laughs> I don't call myself a foodie. Oh, okay. I'm, just a, I'm just a snobby foodie. You're yeah. a foodie. I'm a jerk foodie. <laughs> more I feel I feel like Rhonda and I are the same in this sense, and and you yes. and Jeremy are probably the same probably. because because like I I tend to just be like it was fine, like that was that was fine, you know. There now there are things we have that I'm like that was delicious, that was like a whole nother level, but I also don't like tend to critique things very harshly. Like I'm 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 okay. Like if we go somewhere and they put down like a tough steak and and I eat it, I'm like, well, it's tough, but whatever. I'll just it, Sam's like. No, unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want a, my steak medium to medium rare, you know, somewhere in there. And if I get a tough steak, I'm like, wait a second. This is not at all what yeah. I wanted. But yeah. I try not to be rude because I definitely know it's not the server's fault or anything like right. that. No, I don't think you, you're, you're never rude. But I just, I'm like, this isn't really what I want. Yeah, I think you just are honest about how you feel about it, which, you know, I tend to be like, well, whatever. I don't want to cause a fuss. Life's too short for tough steak, you know? (laughs) I'm putting that on a t-shirt. I like that. (laughs) The only only time I've ever sent back food at Disney, and maybe only three times in my life, was at Monsieur Paul. Oh. Um, And... I I was like I was horrified in my own self that I had to yeah. ask like and it was even a little more you yeah because he just was so unhappy and I'm like we're spending this money yeah like, it was not cheap yeah and then the second one I got wasn't great uh, but I ate it and it was uh, when we did that review like I think you could <laughs> people who afterwards were like we could hear the pain in your yeah. guys' voices of how much you hated having to give that review. Because we had a lot of people that love it there. And, and in fact, you know, we try really hard to not be negative, but be honest. Yeah. And she's really good at the, the positivity and the, the sunshine part. Um, <laughs> so even for that episode, we went out to our, our, our group, our community and said, um, we want your positive reviews of Monster Paul so that we can read them at the end of the show. Yeah. So that we could go out on a positive note. And I think that's important. That's, that's what, I mean, I love about you guys too, is, you know, we're our, I think our families and our dynamic is very similar and, and the way that we love Disney and talk about Disney is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so important to be honest, but not negative. Yeah. And there's a right. huge difference that some people don't understand. Yeah. I agree and, with that. You know, and, and I there think can be a lot of negativity in the Disney. Realm. Yes, there is. But, <laughs> no but what you're, what you're saying is exactly what we try to do. But I think we get accused a lot of times of being like shills and like, yeah. And it's really just because, like, if I go on Twitter and I say something, or, or even on the podcast, I feel like we're honest, but we're not. We we don't try to be negative and just like run it down. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that we give our honest opinion about things. I just have that same perspective that you have in that there is so much crap out there and and it's easy to complain. Like it is so easy to be negative and complain. And yeah, maybe people want to hear that, but I feel like that's not something that we want to do. No, I think the only time we were was after we ate at Coral Reef. (laughs) I was actually thinking about that because when you said that you got people to to send you your, the positive reviews about Monsor Paul, I almost wish we had done that about Coral Reef because our review was not good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the the thing that I think is important, you know, is, is for people that listen long enough to any of our shows is they get to know us as people and they get to know what we like and don't like. And, you know, I'm, notorious for hating pickles Mm -hmm. and so as people learn that it's good for if i have to talk about the cheeseburger egg roll in magic kingdom which to me has flavor of pickles it does yeah i would never tell someone don't get the cheeseburger egg rolls at magic kingdom they're disgusting yeah Yeah. i would say they're not for me i don't like pickles and then she has another side where she does like them so that's that's what we always want we want people to we want to give our opinion but we're never going to tell someone to we think they should or shouldn't do something. You know, we just want to give our opinion, uh, our review, the way that we experienced it. And if you get to know us, you can base your own opinion off of that. Yeah. Right. And if you want to go try Monster Paul, we've just given you our honest opinion. It's not right. If we say we didn't like Monster Paul, it's not that that's, I mean, that's a, a statement. It doesn't mean that Monster Paul's not good. Right. It just means that it wasn't, it wasn't for cool. us that yep. given night. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's what's important. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't think we're overly positive, but we obviously love Disney so much that, you know, we're, we're not getting paid by Disney. Right. Nobody's telling us you have to say nice things about Disney. Right. We say them because it's Disney mm-hmm. and we love it. And there is a lot of worse places you could go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for me, it's it's kind of like those old sayings, you know, a, a bad day at Disney is a yeah. better than a good day at work. Exactly. I mean, that's how I look at it. And that's how we want people to kind of view it. And, you know, and if we can give our opinions and maybe entertain at the same time, then that's cool. We like to think we're entertaining. I don't know. I don't know if we are. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way. I'm always like, I don't know if people are going to enjoy this, but maybe we had fun doing it. And that's all. Yeah. And that's (laughs) That's kind of where we are. Yeah. 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 And luckily, people say that they're enjoying it. And I, and I know, hey, you guys piling up some awesome reviews on iTunes. And, and again, if you have not already checked out Main Street Magic or subscribed on iTunes or wherever, you need to do it because the shows are very entertaining, very fun, very informative. And it's it's really nice listening. And again, you guys have that kind of a, a dynamic where it feels like you're sitting at the table with, with you and you're just kind of having a conversation and, and sharing your passion together, which is, it's, you know, it's, it's similar to what we try to do. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it feels like uh, it's, it's a very welcoming, like you're part of the family when you listen to it. So, yeah. yeah and that was, I mean, that was kind of why we started it, you know, a, a long time ago. And, and originally uh, me and my buddy, John had started it and it was, we were going to Disney all the time. When we were together, we were talking about Disney, and then uh, we would have friends that would contact me and say, hey, I'm thinking of going to Disney. You appear to know things about it. Tell me what I need to know. (laughs) And I was like, man, I know how to do podcasts. I had produced over 500 podcasts at that point for my brother. I'm like, I've never talked on a mic. I don't know that I want to, but (laughs) let's get on a mic and let's just talk and have conversations and share our experiences. And if people listen, awesome. If they don't, what do we waste like two hours a week at that point? Maybe. But it was still something I was like, it was basically, if we're going to talk about it, let's just record it. And if it helps people, awesome. And that's one of the things, you know, we have a a very big 
picture idea of where this is going to take us, you know, that with the capture of the magic network. And it was part of the reason we formed it was that, you know, we do want to take what essentially started as a hobby and turn it into something that is, you know, potentially what we're making a living on, but we never want to lose sight of the fact that we're doing it is to help people. Right. Right. And there is, I love when people leave reviews and say, you know, you guys, we like your show and you're entertaining and, or whatever we like this or that but nothing is better than when someone says we just got back from a trip and it was made better because of of advice that you guys had given on your show like that is the best thing in the world yeah Yeah. you know and and that's what we always want to make sure and if we can go somewhere and and spend our money and in a sense maybe waste it so somebody else doesn't have to we want to do that because we go all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for the family that is saving up for a whole year and they're taking their one week vacation to go to Disney and maybe they don't know all the little details and the tricks. If we can make their trip better, even by 1%, then I think that's kind of what's most important. You know, I don't want them to come back. I don't want anyone to ever come back from Disney and be like, I didn't like it. It was too crowded. It was too hot. I, I didn't. I didn't get fast passes. I didn't know about them. Like we never want that to happen. And so I think if we can help, like that's almost our charity work. I feel like yeah, as bad as it sounds, you know, is, is trying to help people. Um, cause you don't want to go to Disney and not know things. You know, I'm, I'm still baffled by the amount of people that don't do their research. Yeah. And so if we can potentially bring that research to them and hopefully an entertaining and, and informational way, then that can make their trip better. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what we're here for, really, in the long run. Yeah. I know. I, I hear you 100%. I, when I hear people, especially when we used to live back in Knoxville and we would hear people come back from a Disney trip and they're like, it was terrible. It was awful. It was the worst time. Yeah. It would make me so sad to hear that because I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, you just didn't do it right. Like, I know. Like, like, and, I, and I feel like I wish I could have known that they were going and I could have helped them plan for it or something. But like... We, we certainly have like, you know, couple friends that, that we knew uh, back home that, that would just be like, we're never going again. It was the worst yeah. experience. And I'm like, yeah. oh, but then I'm also like, well, that's okay, too, because maybe it means the, the parks are a little less crowded. So that's OK. Right. You can stay home. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ones I love is we'll, we'll get a lot of questions that are, you know, I love Disney and I can't wait to go, but I'm taking my boyfriend and he hates Disney. Mm. How do I get him to love Disney? <laughs> right. Like those are the ones that are so interesting. And we have ones that they come back and they're like, my boyfriend now loves Disney. Yeah. Like, Sweet. Yep. I got another conversion. Yep. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want to ask you guys some quick lightning round questions. I say quick. You don't really have to answer quick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really on your own time. And it's just a matter of this is another step in letting people get to know you guys. So, I'll start with this one. Rhonda, you asked Sam what her favorite restaurant is. I want to ask you guys that same question. What's your favorite restaurant on property? I'm going to have to go with Garden Grill. Not Garden Grill. Grill. California Grill. I was going to say, Garden Grill's good. I would eat that. I've never had that, though, actually. (laughs) No, we've never been to Garden Grill. California Grill. Okay. We've had um, a couple of dinners, and we actually had the brunch. and. It was fantastic, and we've eaten quite a few other places, but it's just... I haven't eaten somewhere better right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the brunch is, the, I think, the best meal we've ever had on property. Wow. And, and like, it's it's an experience. It's amazing if you ever get a chance. And it's bottomless mimosas. Oh, that so. sounds like <laughs> my deal. That part is, I mean, and that's what it is where it's experience. I mean, you hang out. We hung out for two, three hours. We mm-hmm. had friends 
uh, that went with us. I think it was more us. like four hours. It might have been like four <laughs> hours, yeah. Well, since you took California Grill, um, and because I have not brought up Coronado Springs yet this episode, I'm going to go with Three Bridges. There you go. Bar and Grill. Okay. Absolutely love it That's there. We've food. we've eaten every item on the menu. Um, <clears throat> Coronado is, is truly our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed there six times last year, I think. <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> We've been fortunate enough to get to know some of the wonderful cast members there that we consider friends now. And um, Three Bridges is just, I mean, atmosphere, food, service. Um, yeah, it's its outstanding. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about a meetup at Three Bridges, and we haven't made that happen yet. But I think yeah, we're, we, we haven't been there. Open back up. <laughs> yeah, we, as soon as it opens back up, we're going to have to do it. We haven't been to Three Bridges. And actually, we haven't been to Coronado since Grand Destino opened. I- also right. haven't been to California Grill. That's that's you haven't been to California Grill. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So well, maybe we should meet and do a brunch. I yes. think so. I'm up we need for to that. look at that. Yeah. It's inc- it's incredible. That'd be fun. Yeah. So you you kind of uh, piggybacked into a, another question, which is favorite resort. So Coronado's best resort for you guys? Yeah, uh, yeah it really is. Yeah. And we've we've stayed at all, but um, Grand Flow, Riviera, and Contemporary. And okay. then I stayed one night quickly at Beach and slept on a couch bed. Uh, but Rhonda has not technically stayed at beach, okay. but we've we done yacht. yacht. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Coronado Springs to me, especially, you know, at stills often you can get a moderate price. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's a deluxe resort really mm-hmm. at this point, especially with the tower. And uh, we did the opening three nights at, at Grand Destino and we did uh Kronos club mm-hmm. and did the club access. And it's just, I mean, blown away two weeks later, we stayed Polly and did uh, club level, mm-hmm. and I wish we had swip swapped them because we were we ended up so disappointed in Polly oh. because the level that Coronado had set. Yeah, so it's it's our favorite, and wow. probably second to that would be Wilderness Lodge. Still, mm-hmm. okay. you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we we haven't stayed at Wilderness Lodge, but we spend a lot of time at Geyser Point. Yes, <laughs> yes. Geyser yes. Point's amazing. And you will absolutely love Three Bridges because it is a lot of the similar kind of feel and atmosphere. Okay. Um, then of course, sold. Wilderness Lodge during Christmas. I mean, if you say what's your favorite resort at Christmas, definitely Wilderness Lodge. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's very pretty there. Yeah. Okay. Favorite park between the four. Let's let's leave out the water parks for this one. Okay. What's yours? Um. You know mine. Animal Kingdom, yeah. right? I love Animal Kingdom so much. Yes. Love it. Love to hear too. it. It's just unlike anything else. It I'm is. I'm going to say Hollywood Studios okay. right now because yeah. it's a done park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it, I just love it. Yeah. It is. So. It's the park with the best rides right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I, it's I tough to say, but I, I would say it's true now. Yeah, <laughs> it's I. You know, I got so stuck in the mode of being like Hollywood Studios with it, with half of it shut down. It was a half day park, and it was like, yeah. who wants like why go there? Um, but now, yeah, get a hopper. Yeah, now that is Epcot now. Yeah, it is. Ep- yeah, exactly. Epcot's in that seat right now, and yeah, and it's kind of crazy um, to to kind of think about it that way. But I, I've been telling people if they have short trips, they don't need to go to Epcot right now. Like when the right. Right. yeah, unless you have a park hopper and you yeah. want to hop over in the afternoon for drinks for or something. Yeah, yeah, festival. Yeah. yeah, I will say that when the parks open back up, the very first sight I want to see is Main Street and Cinderella's Castle. Yeah. That's just, that's the first, like if that people have said, what's the first park you're going to go to when they open back up? And I want to be at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Just, that's again, that's Disney. Like, and I will probably stand there on Main Street and, and cry. cry. And cry. Like, yeah. I'll I be, guarantee I will be extremely emotional. I think I will really? be. In a, oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I was <laughs> crying daily if I'm at Disney. I'm at Disney. 
<laughs> like it is like there's times that I just will stand and look around and you're just like, man, I'm lucky to be alive. No yeah. kidding. You know? Yeah. Since we've been locals, I've made sure to, you know, it's, it's amazing that we get to spend so much time going to the parks and, and really we were taken for granted that we were going really almost every weekend before the parks closed down. And, <laughs> and since they, since they've been closed, I've been like, I feel like I'm glad we were doing that. I almost, I think we were talking about it like probably a few weeks ago that I was like, man, you know, we go almost every weekend. Do you still want to go? And we're like, yeah. And I'm glad we were doing that now. And now I will never ask that question again because who knows when it could be taken away from us. Right. Um, But like I, I made sure frequently when we were in the parks to be like, we, this is like where we hang out now. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is really cool. Yeah. It's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, you're a kid growing up, and you went and like hung out at the mall or something, and now yeah. I think, oh yeah, what do you want to do? Let's go to let's go hang out at Disney. That's awesome. It's yeah. also really cool because our kids want to go with us, you know, and they're that's awesome. Yeah, they're getting older, and they're gonna be moving into their own lives, you know. McKenna's yeah. 18, and Garrett's yeah. 14. But we feel like we still all have this thing that we love. And it's our way to, like, kind of keep them hooked with us for a yeah. little while longer. You no, know? for sure. And, That's and, awesome. and our girls were getting kind of burnt out of the parks. They always wanted to just stay at the resort, which was great. But I'm hoping that this will renew yeah. some of that love for the parks. And their whole thing is I don't know how much they're getting burnt out on the parks as they were getting burnt out on the parks with just the four of us. Yeah. Like they always yeah. want to be there with friends. Yeah. And so if they didn't meet up with friends in the park, you like saw this this new light in their mm-hmm. eyes yeah. that they were getting to experience. And one thing we kind of stepped away from and, and we're going to have to start doing again is every single trip, we made sure to have a Disney first. Mm. And, and it could be very minor. It didn't have to be the first time riding Rise of the Resistance. But like I remember one, it was the first time that Kalen and I ever rode Rock and Roller Coaster and we're in the first row. Yeah. Nice. And like that was our Disney first. Yeah. You know, and it could be a restaurant. It could be a food. It could be something just simple. But it's something that makes you appreciate how much there is to do there and the fact that you're getting to do it. Yeah. Really. Because this is, again, this is a privilege. This is not a right with the Disney parks. Yeah. And so I think the more appreciative you can be of that, the more important it is. Yeah. No, that's that's nice. We we try to do a little bit of that too. Like we we've been going through each park and talking about what what we have and haven't done. Our never have I ever list, and yes. we're trying to knock out a bunch of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we were making good progress until they decided to shut the parks down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you have some work cut out for you. We do. Yeah, we still definitely do. Right, uh, Rhonda. Did we get your answer about park, or are you also Animal Kingdom? No, she said Hollywood. Studios. Oh, she said. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, that's right. We said Hollywood Studios. I had I already. I remembered. <laughs> job. I had forgot. <laughs> I forgot because I was so I was thinking about Animal Kingdom because, like, would you say right now it's your favorite park? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Epcot is right there with it, but with all the walls and stuff right yeah. now, yeah. I just like it kind of is making me feel a little sad lately. Yeah. I'm okay. Once I get over to world showcase, mm-hmm. but that whole front is, I am with you there. Yeah. I think for me, animal kingdom is the one park where you don't have to do a ride or a show and you can still enjoy the park. <laughs> so I agree. I've said that so many times. Like it's, yeah. it's a total, you're right. You said it too. It's a totally different experience than any other park. Yeah. Yeah. So and is you, that your favorite park too, Justin? It's as a local, it's my favorite. Yes. Nice. And it is a local, I feel like it's a locals park. Yeah. 
it is the one that most of the locals love and appreciate the most. Which, uh, not to name drop or anything, but when we when we got to meet Joe Rody at Nomad Lounge, he agreed with us on that one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, if I've been we we met him um, on the twentieth anniversary, which yeah. is also so April twenty second is also our uh, wedding anniversary. Okay. Of course, it's Earth Day. Yeah. Um, and we went to the twentieth anniversary, and we got to meet him. Um, and and he signed a map for me. It's somewhere behind me on the wall. Nice. But. I was just blown away because I remember going up to him and saying, I was like, thank you for creating, you know, all the things that you've created for our, our family to enjoy. And he almost looked taken aback and was like, no, thank you guys. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And then we saw him. I saw, saw him, him outside Nomad. of Nomad and I went up again and was just like, I just want to say thank you, blah, blah, blah. And then another time we sat like two seats down from him. And yeah. Rhonda wouldn't let me go up and say something. <laughs> he was there with friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we just looked, sat from afar and I like, snuck little photos of him and stuff. I'm like, oh, there's Joe Rody. Yeah, he's he was super so nice cool. when we spoke to him. Very, very kind, very warm and, and generous with his time. And yeah. We did interrupt him while he was with his friends, we but did. I was like, how often are we gonna be able to see him here? So Oh yeah, you gotta do that. Yeah. So all right. Last lightning round question. What is your favorite Disney snack or dessert? Oh gosh. That's a really good one. Um I, you know boy I love a Mickey pretzel with plastic cheese. To there be you honest, <laughs> I, I do. I do love that. Um, we had. I don't know if it's still available. It was off menu at the time at Three Bridges. They had a hot chocolate uh, brownie oh, dessert. That was really good. Ooh. And it was uh, cut and shaped like a, a skull, and then in um, powdered sugar, mm -hmm. they had done like a stencil, so it looked like one of those sugar skulls. Yeah. And it had like a vanilla gelato with it. And some crumbles, like some graham cracker crumbles or something. Really? It was that's amazing. It was one of the best desserts we've actually had. It. You had me until you said graham cracker. <laughs> I think that sounds it might great. not. It might have been graham cracker. It might not have been. It was some kind of crumble. Know. But huh. it sounds your, awesome. Well, I would. I always love a um, creme brulee for sure. But yes. um, if you're just talking, like I feel like the Disney snacks, like churros and things like that. Um, I would say the popcorn, but more importantly, the pop, the sour cream popcorn. Yes. Oh, yes, that's good. Oh my gosh, I love that are. stuff. No. Yeah. yeah, and we always you can get we always the get bucket. the refillable buckets, yep. and you can get them over there yep. at that flavored popcorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do love the this baseline. Does stuff at baseline tap house count as snacks? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Have you had the Have you had the steak uh, puff there? I have, the and it's awesome. Puff? Yeah. It's so like Philly cheesesteak gone wild. Uh huh. That's probably one of the best snacks if we're allowing that. We're allowing it. It's allowed. Yeah. And she gets mad every time because I only order one and we split it, and she does not want to split that thing no. at all. <laughs> to get I know. We have, I keep saying we're going to get our own next time, but then I see the price of everything, and yeah. I'm like, well, we're also getting a wine and a beer and a right. So it's going to be like a sixty dollars snack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Usually hold off, but. Yeah. yeah, I'd put that up there. All right, I got to try that. Next I time. think um, Justin and Garrett had Fast Pass or something. So, oh, okay. it was we whenever were you were doing Rise. Yeah. And so yeah. I sat at Baseline and I got a beer and I got one of those and I was like, oh my God, hurry up and eat this so I don't have to share. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. That's so smart. That and isn't really that a smart. great place to just sit oh, and yes. relax and watch and people watch? Yeah, yeah I love people watching. <laughs> I like the music at Baseline. It's really interesting. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, because it's remember. it's like old it's like old takes on modern music. Yes. But it's kind of set back in like, yeah, more <laughs> of what early mid nineteen hundreds mm -hmm. like San Francisco, but it's actual modern songs. Yeah. That they've covered. Oh, I remember. 
remember it's almost like lounge versions of modern songs it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's really one cool. of those like you hear it and you're like i know this song yeah i don't think i've ever heard this song wait this is a taylor swift song. <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden it clicks but it's not super Funny. obvious which yeah. is why i think i like it so much so it's like richard cheese <laughs> yes that's what they should just play in there yeah. like, they could probably, what's he doing nowadays i could probably get him live in the corner they could. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> just be the house artist yeah that'd be cool that would be cool yeah <laughs> well this has been a lot of fun guys thanks so much for sitting down with us today yeah thank yeah, you, thank you for, for having, having us. us now um yeah we're, we'll we'll schedule a time have you guys on main street magic and we'll uh kind of flip the script here and and awesome. yeah talk to you guys about all your things uh in loves of disney sure we'd be happy to do it and until then i hope people will definitely check your show out and let's tell them where they can find it yeah so if you go to ctmpodcast.com you can find kind of the whole network of shows um but the three shows uh, that we have is is uh main street magic of course our show uh jared and i do the Diz dudes once a week um, and then we have Capture the Magic with Jared and Jamie twice a week. So Monday through Friday, um, Capture the Magic Network releases a new show. Um, so you're never really at a loss to, to listen to anything. And, you know, it's everything from, well, was reviews, and we can't wait to get back and do those, to, you know, just topics, top 10 lists. You know, uh, there are some some advice and informational driven shows, but you can subscribe to all of them on iTunes. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, hope you guys enjoy them as yeah. much as, I guess, we enjoy making them. And make sure if you are listening to leave reviews because it means so much to the people that are creating these shows. And, and I don't mean just for us. I mean for any show that you're listening to because it's nice when you know, you're know you watching, you're getting the listens and stuff like that. But when someone takes that extra step and leaves a review and lets you know that they're really appreciating it, it means a lot to creators. It does, yeah. So make sure yeah. you're doing that for, for shows like Main Street Magic and Diz Dudes and Capture the Magic and whatever you're listening to. Um, but yeah, um, check them out and guys, uh, when the parks are open back up, we're, we're meeting at three bridges or, or California, no, California grill, grill yeah. brunch first. Let's do them all. Just, yeah. A few days of just nothing but delicious meals. Sounds I good say to we me. Get rooms, um, at Coronado Springs and then just spend the weekend, like hitting all these places that they're talking about. We yeah. haven't been to. Yeah. I'm down. I'm, yeah. I've committed <laughs> a whole so weekend fun. for you guys. <laughs> Perfect. We we will do the same. Yeah, that would be a blast. We, be yeah, so fun. we we love hanging out to you with you guys. Yep. You know, listening to you guys. Um, and and your your show is outstanding. Oh, um, thank you. You can tell you guys take a lot of pride in it. And it's I think it's the same thing you're kind of saying. I think for us is it's what I imagine sitting at your kitchen table would be like. You know, with your your fun family just talking Disney. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what keeps people coming back and listening more and more. So yeah, yeah you guys keep up the uh, the awesome work on your end. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank yeah, you. appreciate that. All right. I think it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Yeah, hang in there, everyone. Yeah, stay guys, healthy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Social distancing. Do virtual hangouts like we've done here today. <laughs> Listen to podcasts. Listen, I know you're not driving to work. What are you doing all day? Put a podcast on. Listen to it. <laughs> it means a lot to us. So, But thanks so much. This has been great. You can find us at Morning Monorail on the Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on all the other things. And don't forget our live show Tuesday night. Be there or be square. Until then, have a magical week. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. 
Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon. <laughs>